Welcome to the fourth episode of The New Wave of Healthcare, a podcast from the Foundation for Healthcare Quality. The tides of American healthcare are shifting rapidly, and while that means healthcare is in the news a lot more than it used to be, it doesn't mean the public necessarily understands what is going on. Even those of us in the healthcare world have a hard time keeping up. Amid all of this uncertainty emerges this. The New Wave of Healthcare, a podcast designed to help you wade through the complexities of our healthcare system, how it got this way, where it's going, and most importantly, how it affects you and your loved ones. I'm your host, Kinsey Gray, the Program Coordinator for the Washington Patient Safety Coalition, and joining me today, I have Robin Shapiro. Robin is a successful entrepreneur and nationally recognized pioneer in the health advocacy movement. She has spent her 30-plus year career helping patients find their voice to improve their care. Her goal is to inspire people to take action. She regularly leads interactive presentations and workshops to show patients how. She believes that health advocacy in the near future will be a common skill that ordinary people can master to more effectively navigate their care. Robin, thank you so much for joining me today. Pleasure to be here. So for those people who are listening and are possibly unfamiliar with you and your work, can you just give us some background about your work in the healthcare advocacy field? Sure. Um, I won't go too deeply into all of the 30 plus years, but I have been Mm -hmm. really privileged to work with patients and other people and organizations that have really been focused on helping to empower patients and improve ordinary people's understanding of how to navigate care better. In my early days, I worked on the public health campaign for HIV AIDS through the federal government called America Responds to AIDS in the late 80s. And that That campaign was really focused on putting basic information in the hands of every household in America about HIV and AIDS when that crisis was erupting and people were very fearful and and really didn't know what to do. And then I also worked for a number of years for Immunex Corporation, which is a biotechnology company, and specifically working with patients in sharing their personal medical stories of hope and triumph to inspire others to take action and just make sure that no no patient had to navigate care alone. And I think that's a very common theme in my career. I went on to co-found the first independent health advocate company called Allied Health Advocates with Beth Droppert, who's a nurse in 2008. And what that means is we provided nurse health advocates directly to patients and families wanting to navigate healthcare better. So people could hire nurses when, you know, if you ever go to the doctor or the hospital, things are happening, you're not quite sure what is going on or what your rights are in terms of your medical decision making. We got in and made sure that patients and providers were 
talking effectively together, working cooperatively to get to a point of better care. All of those things led to also co-founding. There's a lot of founding in there. (laughs) (laughs) I love to start things. The Washington State Health Advocacy Association called WASHA, W-A-S-H-A-A for short. And that is a not-for-profit organization really focused on helping people transform from patient into empowered and active participant in their healthcare. And so that not-for-profit is where I spend a majority of my time uh, helping teach just ordinary people what to know about healthcare uh, that is so hidden from the ordinary person's point of view. All of these experiences really led to writing this book called Mm -hmm. The Secret Language of Healthcare, How to Ask for the Care You Deserve. And you know, that's really what we're going to be talking about today. Hearing about all of, you know, the work that you've done in founding different organizations and being a health advocate, leading to kind of writing the secret language of healthcare, how to ask for the care you deserve. Can you just briefly describe the book for me and kind of how you were inspired to write it? Although, you know, it kind of seems like we already know based on your work background. <laughs> yeah, there were there were several things that inspired writing this book. Uh, in, initially, two people, Beth Droppert, who I co-founded WASHA and also Allied Health Advocates with, who is a nurse, and Gordon Heinrichs, one of the members of WASHA, and I were all talking about the need to write a book on health literacy. And that was in, I think it was in 2017, and that got me talking about it. And we brainstormed on a lot of different ideas. But then I was giving a, I give a lot of presentations to patients on the content developed through WASHA, One of those presentations is called the ABCs of an effective doctor visit. And I was saying to the audience, okay, I'm going to share with you some magic words that I've learned along the way that really make a difference for people. Because I'm, you know, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nurse, I'm just a communications person who has seen patients and ordinary people struggle with kind of the same issues year over year. And when I said, here, I'm going to you know, share with you some magic l- words that I've learned, everybody in the room, their head just spun around and everybody you know, basically was at attention. And I was like, you know what? There's something here that is universal. And so I really started mapping out what those magic words or subjects would be and then kind of wanted to identify the things that to me seemed to occur over and over again. Like I'll give you an example. One of the things that I thought is such a great learning is that when you are in the hospital or you have a complicated diagnosis or an ongoing chronic condition, there's often some discordance or disagreement among different specialists about what exactly you should do. And this gets into shared decision-making as well, which I know is a topic your audience is, is interested in. And one of the things that I was so surprised to learn is that patients, their families can initiate what is called a care conference. That's one of the topics in one of the chapters in the book, which basically is literally getting people on the same page. And care conference can happen. It it typically happens like in skilled nursing facilities, nursing homes, 
and is initiated by the um, by the nursing home staff but patients can actually say okay help me understand what decisions need to be made and who is recommending what and it's an opportunity for everybody to talk together so that the patient can also express their values and their desires that's awesome i had no idea about that actually we've been talking a lot about shared decision making and what it is and and how you know to implement it and empower patients to ask for it i think that care conference is a perfect part of it and like you said it's really about the language and the words that are being used i sometimes feel feel very fortunate that I have a public health background, so I kind of understand what the doctor is talking about, but even that doesn't always help. So people who really don't have any knowledge about health or health care can really just be at a loss for understanding you know, what their doctor or specialist is even trying to talk to them about. Right, and um, let's be real, you know, the majority of people that are entering the healthcare system are not there because they're choosing to be there. There's some right. event or ongoing issue that is really propelling them into this universe and often, you know, we're we're dealing with multiple medications or an urgent medical issue that's making us maybe feel a little less like ourselves, uh, even on the best of days. So the whole independent health advocacy movement is really about understanding, I, I use this acronym USA. So understanding the patient and what their situation is. So that's the U. The S is supporting the person's ability to have choice and control in their decision-making and expressing their wishes. The A part of it is asserting their wishes in a way that can be uh, most possible. So sometimes, you know, not everything is possible, but the whole point of advocacy is to try to explain between and among the provider and patients what's possible, what the paths are forward, and to really give patients choice and control in their medical decision making. Yeah, I love, I jotted that down. I like that acronym a lot. <laughs> so while you were researching stories and interviewing people and just kind of um, fleshing out what this book was going to, um, you know, be about and how it's going to be formed, was there anything that you discovered that surprised you about, you know, the secret language of healthcare, um, you know, or, or how hard it is to ask for the care you deserve, how easy it can be or should be, anything that just kind of jumped out? I, I mean, I think I've been on this journey, and one of the things that always surprises me, and I incorporate that into a lot of the public presentations that I do, is that most people just don't understand how potential potentially deadly is to seek health care. And not that I'm trying to scare your listeners out there because your listeners probably really understand that, but I was really surprised to learn that preventable medical error in the hospital is estimated to be the third leading cause of death in our country behind cancer and heart disease. And 
I don't think the majority of people in our country really know that. And the reason why that's important is not to scare us to death, but is to get us off the dime to learn what our role is when we are the patient. So right now, there's not a lot of attention, I think, given, not enough attention given to empowering and giving patients tools to do their role as the patient, which means being honest with the provider and being straightforward with both what your symptoms are, but also what's important to you, which can really dramatically change the choices that are made in um, your healthcare situation. In one of the chapters, which uh, I interview Bonnie Bazell, who you guys might know is uh, with Honoring Choices, which is all about planning um, end of life and unexpectedly maybe not being able to speak for yourself. So Honoring Choices is all about writing down what your wishes are and what matters to you most. And what Bonnie says in, the chap in her chapter is that, for instance, she has terrible allergies. And so if she is going to her doctor and she also loves uh, being in the outdoors and hiking and that's really, really important to her. So in looking at what kind of medications she might consider with her doctor, if the side effects prevent her from being outside and don't enable her to go hiking and do that as part of her quality of life, she might choose something else. So that's a very simple example of how stating your values and what's important to you might have an impact in your care. You've touched on a lot about, you know, the importance of empowering patients to ask for that care. Mm -hmm. How and who should be doing that? So that's you know, a great question, yeah. yeah. So one of the presentations WASHA does is called Patient No More, and it's K-N-O-W, no more, like I'm going to know more, but it is also Patient No More, N-O, uh, mm -hmm. which means that when we know more about how to ask for the care we deserve and about ourselves, we'll understand that we all slide along this continuum from patient, which is reactive, to participant meaning proactive and thinking through how we make medical decisions. And along that continuum can be, you know, not everybody is eloquently spoken. Not everyone is confident in putting out there what is important to them. Medications, uh, physical issues, personality traits can all affect how effective we are in knowing how to ask for the care you deserve. So it's really important that you understand yourself and also have a good team. And by team, I mean family members, friends, independent advocates, neighbors, somebody who can help you when you're not able to really express yourself clearly. Because we know that 80% of what people hear in the doctor's office, you completely forget the moment you walk out the door. So unless you mm -hmm. have someone helping you or you use tools like a tape recording or something else like that, or use specific strategies that are going to help you keep track of information and the medical decisions, it's really difficult to be you know, 100% engaged, even if you're the most well-spoken, knowledgeable, smart 
person who understands healthcare. That's why it's important to pair with uh, someone who can be your health advocate, extra set of eyes and ears. That makes a ton of sense. <laughs> How do you suggest organizations such as the Washington Patient Safety Coalition, among others, you know, advocacy groups, people like that. How do we help break down barriers such as, you know, the secret language of healthcare um, in order to make the patient experience easier, aside from buying and reading your book <laughs> and encouraging <laughs> others to? But yeah, how, how can we, you know, help be those patient advocates and just break down those barriers and make it easier? Yeah, I think one of the things that we, WASHA, is doing is that's the not-for-profit. We're training people and organizations how to pass along basic information such as that that is included in the ABCs of an effective doctor visit. That is mm -hmm. a very simple 60-minute interactive easy course that any person or family member might be able to take, just takes an hour, and you'll learn tips and tools that will really help make your doctor visit more effective. If we are successful in spreading that basic information, then people will have the knowledge, skills, and confidence to go into their medical decision-making uh, just a little bit easier. There's a number of different presentations. There's also a number of free tools that WASH is offering for people who join free as a community member on our website. And that's at www.washaa.org. And I do want to say that the book profits are also going to WASHA. So I don't know if that matters in people purchasing the book. It's $14.99, but the profits are intended to go to WASHA. Okay, that's great to know. Um, and yeah, while we're, so the book is $14.99 and it comes out October 16th. Yes, on Amazon. Mm -hmm. On Amazon. Okay, perfect. And it's The Secret Language of Healthcare, How to Ask for the Care You Deserve. And then just kind of a one final question. While you were writing this book, was there anything that you learned that kind of shaped the direction of where you're wanting to go next with health advocacy or, you know, a new area that you are thinking about exploring, something else? that you can create a, another nonprofit around or <laughs> uh, just kind of going to focus on digging deeper into, you know, what you've been working on. Yeah. So I'm launching a, a platform called Well Said Health, and it's all around helping people with the language of healthcare. I'm really very taken with that idea. And I have three additional books in the series of The Secret Language of Healthcare that I'm gonna get started on. The first of which I'm, I have found a co-author and we're gonna get going on writing that the first of January. So the three areas that I hope to focus on next with the book series is preventing and managing chronic pain as the next one. And then the two other ones out there, I'm still looking for co-authors, is one for uh, directly focused on parents whose children are sick and navigating healthcare. And then the, um, the fourth title or concept is a book 
directed at our military and veterans. And that was really inspired by my daughter who is at the Naval Academy and just listening to all the different cultural barriers to asking for care that you want and deserve. There's a, there's a lot of things very specific to the military and veterans. So my goal is to partner with an expert in that field, but then overlay the format of this book. And so I'd, I'd really like to hear from your community out there if the format that I have put this in, it works. So the idea is each chapter is less than 2,000 words and it's uh, starts with a compelling story and gives some background on why it matters and how to use the information with really specific steps and even sample language that people can use uh, in addition to additional reading and resources. So I'm really curious if that is an easy way for people to comprehend and digest the material. So I, I would hope that people would give me feedback and I, I have launched a website to hear from you out there at www.robin, R-O-B-I-N dash Shapiro, S-H-A-P-I-R-O.com. Would love to hear from people. Great. And I'm so excited about these other books and I'm really excited to read The Secret Language of Healthcare. I'm sure I will learn from it. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to close out on? I would just say that one, one final thought is I don't think that we as ordinary people in our society need to sit back and let healthcare happen. I think now is the time for us to actually get more involved and invested and take the mantle and saying, what am I going to do personally to take charge of my own health? There's a lot of information and tools coming that I think are, are going to help any person who really wants to get more engaged. And I think that's the name of the game for the future. Perfect. That's great. Thank you so much for joining us today, Robin. I um, really appreciate it. And like I said, I'm very excited to read the book and tell you how much I love it afterwards. <laughs> um, and. and have yeah. you back once, you know, these other books are out and published and we can kind of continue the conversation in the series. That sounds great. Thanks so much, Kinsey. I yeah. really appreciate it.